It's episode 1007, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. Yeah, I got some Florida updates for you guys. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, uh, from Loverland, Virginia. It's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas right now, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Uh, Jamie's out this week. She could have recorded yesterday, but she couldn't today. And uh, joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What up? Dude, we made it. I have power. Like yeah. only recently, you know, we joked on the podcast last a couple of podcasts ago, like, oh, we're recording this on the day a hurricane's about to hit. But I didn't want to make jokes in case it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was <laughs> like, <laughs> like Fort Myers, we are. I told I mentioned on the show, our incredible designer, Lionel, uh, lives in Fort Myers. If you saw the pictures of Fort Myers, I mean, it's insane. He wasn't on the beach. The way Florida works is the entire coast, the beaches on the coast are actually a barrier island. Mm. So Fort Myers Beach was on a barrier island. He lives in Fort Myers on the mainland. Um, He was without power and water for five days. Oh, man. And he was 20, 30 minutes from the coast. And so, you know, like he, he was in it. Up here in Orlando... We don't get hit by hurricanes. Like, like they, they bounce off the coast. They bounce off the coast, right? They go somewhere else. They, they hit the coast, kill the coast, and they go up to you know the Gulf or something or, or North Carolina. They came right through the state. It would, literally, if you drew a map across the state of Florida, that's what this hurricane did. Hit Orlando. Historic flooding happened here. So if you've ever been here, we don't have a straight road because we have lakes every 25 feet. So everything's curving around lakes. Every lake flooded washed out streets like the my lake that i live on was four feet higher than normal so if your house isn't elevated your house is getting flooded well there's not many hills in florida so flooding was crazy here and obviously power went out and stuff like that so for me power went out for four days we had we had water but i had no power for four days slept in the car i mean it was just it was just wild it was wild so we're back yeah, to normal. I, I'll say like, I, you know, I, I have so much, imp- obviously, you know, these storms are, you know, there's a lot of uh, tragedy and, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of terrible stuff with these big storms, but even, even we got a little tail end of it here and we would, own, and I only lost my home only lost power for like, you know, an hour in the middle of the night one night. Right. But losing power even for an hour Man. does it is it not one of the most humbling things like Humbly. puts all of your life mm. in perspective like dude I, we have it so good mm-hmm. just to, to just to live in in places where we have access to electricity Be, when it goes out an hour feels like a day like you know like the the bible verse a day is like a thousand years that's what it feels like when you lose power like you look at the clock and in time if you have a clock that is actually operating on a battery or something or or analog technology but i'm telling you it makes time feel like it is stretching out forever it is and imagine four days of that i mean it was 
It was mind numbing. I was so stir crazy. And I wasn't, I was alone. I wasn't with Cohen. So I was just like totally. <laughs> Dude, let me ask this because th- I don't know if this was just like a, when I was growing up, like if the power is going to go out and it's going to be for a couple of days, because we don't get a, a ton of hurricanes, but occasionally we'll get some and it'll knock power out. And, and my parents were like, all right, time to start drinking the milk. We're making eggs right now. Yeah. We're drinking the milk. If yeah. something's spoiling, it's getting eaten. How much milk did you consume in those early hours? <laughs> I well, none. I mean, like I, I didn't think again, like previous experiences is Orlando, if we get nicked by a hurricane, it's inconvenient for a night or an evening. You know, it's not usually my old house, power never went out because all the power lines were buried in that area. And so yeah. like yeah, so I so I never experienced a prolonged power outage, so I didn't prepare for a prolonged power outage. I'm kind of Enneagram seven. I'm just gonna wing it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not thinking yep. through. I'm not scared. You're you know. winging a hurricane, dude. I didn't prepare <laughs> at all for this. I brought no groceries, okay. Okay. nothing. Right. So all like right. I'm just sitting there like, right. okay, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, okay. I have a. You can see behind me. I have a saltwater aquarium. Yeah. I learned the hard way. That fish need oxygen. <laughs> like, you know, when there's not a pump going, yeah. there's a bunch of dead fish in your tank. You know, I felt terrible. So, so you were eating milk and, and, and having you were drinking milk and having uh, fresh fish. Fat, fresh fresh sushi. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, fish, the fish died, bro. <laughs> well, 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 I came in day three and there was a, a big dead fish and I felt terrible. And the other ones were on their last gasp. Right. And that's when I'm like, okay, I've got to figure out how to turn on this pump. I've got to get temporary power to this pump. And that's when this is not an ad. And I don't know how y'all are going to feel about it. I have a Tesla. And that's when I figured out, I did some research on my phone that Tesla's have a plug that you can get power out of. And so I ran 200 feet of extension cords out to the car Plugged in extension cord, powered the aquarium, and saved all the other fish's life. Powered the aquarium, but not his house. Right. I didn't turn on the fridge. (laughs) I didn't turn on anything else, but the fish made it except for one. I'm proud of myself for that. And then, uh, you know, but then it was, it was cool. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to make a bagel. So I'm going to like unplug the aquarium for a minute and plug in the toaster. And I made a bagel, you know, little things like that. So I was, you know, I got resourceful. The other thing with power too, because I would like walk through the hallway. <laughs> and go flip a light switch on just instinctually, yeah. even though I knew the power was out. Right. It, you know, I, I'm so conditioned. I, I, you know, by these, you know, th- these, you know, first world luxuries that, like I said, it, it really is humbling. Even just minutes, like when you hear the power go out, it is just this cool, sinking cool. feeling. Like, well, what am I silence. supposed to do now? Read a book? <laughs> like, like some sort of, y- y- you know, some sort of like early settler? Dude, here's what I did. My version of that was I'm going to go sleep in the car because Tesla also has a thing called camping mode, which means you can leave on the AC. You can watch Netflix. You can live stream Hulu. So I'm live streaming like the Tom local Hatherford news. Can't camping. I'm Glam- literally I'm, I'm live streaming in the local news sitting in the car and the AC but you do that for 24 hours a day you're going stir crazy I mean all the roads were blocked off flooded trees were down it was couldn't go anywhere so but I'm so thankful that I had that car I'm so thankful and on camping mode it would have powered stayed powered for 10 days so. I really think that should be Tesla's new like advertisement <laughs> yeah. like I know about the electric car I know it looks cool I whatever you can survive a hurricane with a Tesla 
that's getting that's and your sold. fish will live your fish your, will stay alive. you and your fish can survive a hurricane with a tesla don't get them right. no ideas people hey. gonna be like hey you can do hey, you can do brain surgery with a tesla like and, and this is coming from <laughs> a guy that has a, i could have powered the i could have powered a medical device to do some surgery i got a tesla on order but the tesla the tesla bros are too much it's like the, the hey. Tesla Bros and the Kanye Bros are are too much. Those it's just Derek. Like, do you realize you are both of those things? You love Kanye and listen, you have a Tesla that listen, you've ordered. I, so I love Kanye and I and I like Tesla. But here's the thing: I'm not a Tesla bro, and nor and, I, and nor am I like a Kanye defender of right. everything. Like there's people right. that's like Kanye could do anything, and they're just like, right. oh, like for me, I'm just like, man. He's one of those, like I told y'all on several times on this show, like Kanye is just the cousin that's off at the at the picnic that you're just like, I love this dude, but dang, cuz, like, why are you wearing uh why are you wearing fairy wings and standing on top of the barbecue telling everybody about being Hebrew Israelites? Like you just like That's Kanye. That's exactly what like, he would do. He's doing. No, he's that's doing true. His I'm not. A, I'm, yeah, I agree with you. There's people that are like drink the Kool Aid for those things or the things they yeah. love. I'm not that. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised that I had an option right. for five days of no power. You know. I think the Tesla slogan should be, otherwise, you might have to read a book when the power goes out. It's like, okay, I can't. I'll say this. Most Tesla people I know, they don't read books. So oh. that would be a, that would be an effective campaign. So anyway, we made it back to normal. The Hope day- you got a puzzle drawer. Otherwise, buy a Tesla. Hey, that was the worst of it. I did like, I was like, I got Legos out and stuff. I was like, I'll just pass the time doing some Legos and stuff. You need light to see what, is that light gray or dark gray brick? You know, like you need, you can't do, te- you can't do it in the dark. So I couldn't even do my Legos. I was kind of bummed, but that was how anyway. I felt when like Texas had the winter power outage last year, um, mm-hmm. it would get dark by like seven thirty. So me and my roommate, we had our candles that we were literally felt like Victorian children walking through our house, <laughs> just like <laughs> trying to like find places to go and stuff. Um, cause we didn't have power. So, and I don't have a Tesla, so I can't go to camping mode. Um, so I would take a decent amount of melatonin every night around 8 PM and just, <laughs> Sleep you drugged yourself. You're like, I just gotta like sleep it through. Yeah, because I was like, well, what am I gonna do? Sit in the dark? Yeah. Like, I I can't see anything. I don't want the candle to burn. And also, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I just want to get through this. Maybe if I sleep. And I you did know, the that's... same thing, Jesse. I would like turn on a light switch, knowing there wasn't power on, but there would yeah. be a part of me that was like, maybe this time maybe. it'll come back on. Maybe and the whole grid. I went almost a, a whole week without power, and it was I, brutal. You know, the first sign of hypothermia. Is just I just want to shut my eyes and go to sleep and give yeah. in. Yeah, I, I feel know. warm and comfortable. Yeah, you. I did might. go out to my car for like quick breaks um, to like heat myself up, which like I was wearing like multiple sweaters. I have this thing called a comfy, which is like a walking blanket and like a not snuggie. a snuggie. It's different. It's different. It has a back to it, um, and it's fleece, so it's very warm. But I would go out to my car to charge my phone and get warm, and then I would have to go back in. And every time I'd go back in, just like silent tear, because I was like, "This is so cold." I have to go back to my Victorian home. It was really sad. Man, West Southwest Florida, Central Florida, we we don't get hit a lot, and uh, we got hit, and we weren't ready for it, but we're okay now. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to one of our favorite worship leaders, Cody Carnes, who does not live in Florida. He's totally fine, and. Uh, 
We have your feedback at the end of the show, but stay tuned right now. Tyler joins us for Relevant Buzz. to LCD Sound System. The song is New Body Rumba. I guess they play that in heaven. New Body Rumba. Season 4 of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show from Paris, France, Tyler Huckabee. What's going on this week, Tyler? Bonjour, everybody. What up? Hey. Excuse me. Uh, I'm allergic to the French, Tyler. Even over the internet. I was trying not to get into it, Jesse, but that was my... There is a wave. First first issue of the buzzes, there's a wave of French phobia sweeping the nation and is affecting (laughs) even me. Even me. I'm not untouched by it. Literal literal allergic physical response. Just at the (laughs) mention of the country. It's, uh-huh. That's how intense it is. I, and I understand. So that's the first slice out of the way. I was taking care of right there. <laughs> <laughs> the second piece, no, seriously, the second piece, this is, uh, so this is something that I, this is a CNN piece that I thought was super interesting because it's one of those things that described something that I thought was sort of unique to me and to find out that this is not only widespread, but that it's actually, uh, this is sort of diagnosable is very interesting. So I'm curious for those of you, which I think is most of us here who were raised, who were raised in a Christian household, how much did the rapture play into your like early childhood, like your understanding of Christianity? Was there an idea that at any moment, the Christians were just going to poof. Everybody's going to be gone. Was that part of your theological upbringing? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it I was mean, the, it was the backsliding deterrence yes. in, in middle school, sure, in yes. high school. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. if you do a bad thing tonight, what if the rapture happens and that's your last, you know, your last action exactly. was a sin. Mm-hmm. You, you, you better. <laughs> I mean, really, really, even, even core tenants, like the fruit of the spirit. You know, mm-hmm. like the ways to live and to treat others were really secondary mm-hmm. uh-huh. to the pending fear that at any moment, half the population will vanish. And there's just no way to be absolutely certain that you're not going to be stuck for the exactly. for the horror movie that, that awaits humanity. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, that is, I'm glad to hear that this is a relatable experience. Th- that's, because- why, that, that's why, like, I feel like in the evangelical culture we grew up in, it was always like when there was an altar call, it was always like, well, I'm might as well just, just seal the <laughs> yeah. deal. Yeah. Just, yeah. Let me check, yeah. the, check that box real quick. Right. Just to make sure. <laughs> well, this is, as it turns out, what you're talking about is has a name. Uh, therapists are starting to call this rapture anxiety, according to CNN. And it is a real thing that is being discussed and taught uh, among mental health professionals. And even some religious experts are talking about how much of a focus there has been on this thing that really, biblically speaking, is 
like kind of mysterious and strange and not discussed very much, but is an enormous part. If you're raised in a household and a Christian household that believes this, an enormous part of how you grow up. So CNN spoke to a guy named Darren Slade. He is the president, which is, by the way, like such an action movie. That's like such an action. Like <laughs> sounds like a Bruce Willis character. But like an airport, Slade. an airport thriller. Dar- the latest in the Darren Slade series. <laughs> One man. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It sounds <laughs> like like a, like a Jason Bourne. Like, give me Slade. He's the, he's the only yeah. person that could save us in the rapture. He's, yeah. he's the guy. Yeah. I, yeah well, I, I picture him like in in like imprisoned in like a, a some sort of CIA black site for for you know and and in a last minute presidential pardon. You know, a helicopter lands and we're like Slade. You're the only man who can save us. Now, yeah. uh, he's, he's anyway, been cryo, he's yeah. been cryo frozen. He has his like Bane mask on. Yeah, he was born in like 1906 or something. They only bring him out for a birthday. Right. And when a ra- rapture comes, like all of the like smoke comes out, and he just comes out of this tank, and he just you know that's just right. You guys have blended. You guys went from a Bourne movie to a to a yeah. like Grisham movie to now you're in like what is that Terminator sci-fi? So like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Captain America. Yeah, they go to Biden and they're like, Mr. President, there's only one man who can save him. And you're like, and Biden's like, oh, we don't do that anymore. It's not, it's not a sir. Yeah, no, he goes there's like this. no he other goes, option. He, he slowly removes his glasses. He's, you're not suggesting what I think you're suggesting. <laughs> now you're doing a Michael Bay movie. He's like, don't tell me it's Slade, sir. <laughs> we need Slade. <laughs> Yeah, this is Con Air meets Captain America. Yo, meets, yeah. What if it, what if yeah. it's all my gospel people know this? What if it's Tone? Like, cause he changed oh, his yeah. name to B Slade. So what if it's like Tone? If everybody knows who Tone is, he's like, yeah, man, yeah, it'd be dope. It's like imagine Prince saving the world. That's who Tone. Tone is like the, <laughs> the gospel version of Prince. <laughs> Not gonna lie. I would watch that movie. Absolutely. I'd watch Absolutely. the heck out of that movie. <laughs> We've got a really good thing going. We've got a really good idea going here. Anyway, if I came across that on the Netflix menu, <laughs> but I am dropping what I'm doing. And like, it's yeah. Chris Pratt and Tony. <laughs> Tony is that's right. Darren yeah. Slade. Darren uh, Slade. Uh, Darren yeah. Slade. Yeah. All right. Darren Slade's real job. <laughs> is, is the CEO for the Global Center for Religious Research, which I mean, that's what they say. That's what they want you to think that his job is, according to this CNN article. So take that for what it's worth. But he uh, he was interviewed about this, uh, about the, and he said, quote, this is a real thing. It's a chronic problem. Uh, this is a new area of study, but in general, our research has revealed that rapture anxiety leads to an increase of anxiety, depression, paranoia, and even some OCD-like behaviors, like, I need to say this prayer of salvation so many times, or I need to confess my sins so often, like we were talking about. Now imagine, he said, and this is the quote is still going, now imagine you were taught that at any minute you could be left here on earth. What does that do to the teenager who has just had premarital sex or maybe even just took the Lord's name in vain? And uh, so this is sort of this, what they're focusing on. And this really is, I mean, obviously it's a mental health issue for people who feel this anxiety, but this is also, I think, kind of a theological issue. Like this is not something that I, I think a, any right theology would probably, you would not be feeling a ton of anxiety about this. Well, I mean, it, 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 just the, the the whole concept of like modern revelation epistemology where Christians just vanish, you know, 
that that construct is what 150 years old like <laughs> yeah. you know for, for most of of the existence of the the modern big c church like mm-hmm. the, the the church that started in the days after christ no one really believed or thought that that was that is a, a very contemporary interpretation that i think is you know should be subject to much more theological scrutiny than it is in a lot of churches how come with the scripture the dead in christ shall rise how come zombies aren't more of a thing in christian lexicon you would oh, think that like uh, that's, all that, that's what the atheists say they, they call jesus the uh, your zombie king like that, I, right. I see that. Yeah, oh. yeah. so oh, like a Game of Thrones yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, okay. We need oh, we I've need somebody to write the C.S. Lewis thing, the the zombie story that has like all this Christian parallel. We need we need more zombie Christian theology. I think we got to bring Frank Peretti out of retirement. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we got to we got to call we got to call Frank Peretti. He's the only man. <laughs> 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 One man. <laughs> uh, that's actually we didn't plan this, but that is a great segue to the next slice that I was going ring so i'm going to jump right over to that now this is a uh this is this news comes from netflix uh there's a lee daniels is a filmmaker you might have heard of uh his his most famous work was 2009's precious based on the novel push by sapphire where he worked with monique that was nominated for best picture obviously got a lot of oscar attention uh he's been a little bit quiet since then but he's got a new movie in the works with netflix and it is being billed to what as far as i can tell is the first ever faith-based horror movie it'll be coming to netflix lee daniels reunites with monique for a story that's being called the deliverance um it just wrapped filming wait we but we have a lot of christian horror like the exorcists and different like so there's always this kind of like this is like draws on christian theological content right there's a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff this is as far as i can tell being billed as like a christian horror movie. like that's the in the log line is what they want you to like like they want christians <laughs> right. to watch very it? very explicitly being marketed to christian audiences i mean the pastor of the christ was kind of that movie. Spooky, yeah. That that baby, the, the baby, the, the violent, the, the yeah, gore, the demon. I baby. mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It was this. It was disturbing. Look, a lot of those Kirk Cameron movies are pretty much horror movies too. Like, like you <laughs> no, watch you forgot. Like, horrible is different than side, horror. Side note, side note. Can we? Can we? Yes, I know. I just want to make a confession before you finish your slice. Yeah, I've yeah. never one time in my entire life seen the Passion of the Christ. Oh wow. Interesting. I just saw it for the first time like two years ago during the pandemic because I needed something to do during the pandemic. I rewatched it whenever I'm bored on a Friday night. Just to get popcorn. It's, it's yeah. your go-to. <laughs> get a pizza. Yeah, I just watch the passion. <laughs> it's just a good reminder. <laughs> but, but but real quick, Tyler, I do think I do I do recall um, uh, Ted Decker. Is that the guy? Is is, is he the? Uh, yeah, I think one of his novels. I think one of his novels was made into a, a film, and I think he, it was one? like a fake. Really. I think it uh, was House, maybe. I, I can't remember, but I feel like just a random piece of knowledge that I've. <laughs> what makes it a Christian horror movie? Like, what's part of the oh, okay. story that? But but but, so I will, but 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 hold on to, to one point. Like the Hayes brothers, who do who are you know the masterminds of the Conjuring franchise, which is 
the most su- financially successful horror franchises of all time, one of the most f- successful box office franchises of all time, they are Christians and, yep. and Christian theology kind of weaves its way in. But Tyler, to your point, those movies certainly aren't directly marketed as faith-based films. I did. I went t- to Montana with those two guys. They are yeah. nothing like you would think. They are like the most Beverly Hills, Malibu, Ken, you know, kind of guys like with all this dark, but not deep been theological yeah. stuff inside of them. <laughs> you know? I, I, I read, I read, Red Tyler, I think you've had numerous interviews with them over the years. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was under the impression that these were solid faith-based movies. And taking the youth group there was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they did not like Annabelle. They did not like Annabelle. They kept waiting. <laughs> I, and needless to say, I'm no longer in that volunteer position. Um, <laughs> so, to return to the, you asked what makes this like a faith-based horror yeah. movie and so this is based on a true story uh one of those one of those you know i will air quote this based on a true story as far as we know in 2014 the indie star reported on the strange case of a woman named latoya ammons who could not explain the terrifying events plaguing her family and her home though police and medical professionals and social workers initially dismissed her claims many of them would later go on the record to corroborate her story even saying ammons nine-year-old son walked up the wall backwards in the presence of family no. case managers and a hospital <laughs> nurse eventually a, nope. this is this was in the papers this was nope. in the, this is in the newspaper i didn't I report care. on it i don't like I didn't it report on it no nope. i'm quoting from the newspaper <laughs> Eventually, a team of spiritual experts told Ammons that her home was host to over 200 demons and Revel- Reverend Michael Maganot was called by hospital by hospital chaplain to hold an exorcism in the home and apparently it was very successful and that was the that was the end of the story the exorcism worked and, and there it goes nope. you should have burnt the house to the yeah. ground yeah there's no exorcism no exorcism yeah. mm-hmm. well, it, well also Emily you know spiritually that they would have just moved on I mean think about the pigs in the bible you know that they, they, sure 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 you've burned in the house now scatters the demons to the entire neighborhood what are you doing okay well, okay fine we can get rid of the demons and then still okay, burn yeah, the house yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to go in that at house the, at the, look at the end of the day they didn't even have to call an exorcist in they could have just called in some pentecostal aunties and exactly. they would have got that some, with some anointing oil free. i'm telling some, you some extra virgin olive oil and it no would it have been a wrap like, this is why i don't get horror movies if i find out there's a demon in my house i'll i'll give it a try and then we're calling the real estate agent like we're getting out of there I'm not staying in the demon house. Like people that are like, this is my house. I'm mm-hmm. staying here. Nope. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, too, I'm far too principled for that. I'm like, look, demon, you know, give me your best shot. But I do not give I'm me your my, best shot. I'm doing do my Friday night routine. Shot, I'm demon. ordering some za. I'm ordering some za and I'm watching the passion. So <laughs> if you want to do your thing in the other room and turn the, the, make the, 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 the wall blood. strip with black blood or whatever <laughs> you got, that's fine. Just clean up after yourself. Okay. And I'm going to say, don't do that. I don't got time for this. Yeah, have you seen yeah. the interest rates? I'm not going to buy another house right now. I locked this in six years ago. Yeah, you, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, and this is Indianapolis. Not one of this isn't like one of those like spooky like backwoods Alabama. Uh, you Indi- know, Indianapolis like, is pretty spooky. 
<laughs> hey, hey, there's a huge KKK place like 10 minutes outside the city. I mean, it's not uh, a good yeah, area. That pretty we can, spooky. We can burn that one down while we're right. at it. <laughs> <laughs> just house to house. Just line them up. Boom. <laughs> hey, let's do some house cleaning real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so this movie will be coming out. It sounds like next year around Halloween. Next, so we're getting, so it won't make it if we're, we're too late for this year's spooky season, but it might be around next year. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear uh, if some 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 people involved with this movie end up being on relevant come time. So hopefully we'll be hearing more about it. Let's get it. I you know it makes sense that this horror movie is going to come out. At, at, I don't watch horror movies. Never uh, will. Not have no interest. Uh, but I, I saw that Netflix has a huge big budget Adams Family thing coming mm-hmm. up Wednesday. But with they're Wednesday, yeah. But they're doing it in late November. Like they're doing it for Thanksgiving. Why aren't they doing a now why are they doing it's October yeah it makes I no sense to me I don't, I don't get it I don't get it. there's been so many there's been a lot of those lately and I feel like it's got to be pandemic related people are just dro- dropping the wrong movie at the wrong time and then being like why didn't it make any money Netflix hire I'm ready Netflix for for a hundred dollars a week I'll tell you when you should release movies it's that Seriously. easy I, I Chris, I could, Christmas morning you're sitting around <laughs> yeah I was gonna say you're sitting around with grandma and grandpa let's put on the Adams family movie I mean yeah, it's like, I don't get it yeah, yeah I don't get it bizarre alright well that'll do it for the buzz uh, check out everything we're covering each weekday over at relevantmagazine.com and follow us on all the socials for the latest thanks man thanks everybody alright stay tuned up next Cody Carnes joins us Two Broken Bells, the song is One Night. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Cody Carnes. He's a worship leader who's released some of our favorite worship songs like The Blessing, Nothing Else, and so many more good ones. His new album is called God is Good. It just came out recently. So we sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss his new music, how he tries to keep worship music fresh and authentic, and why the church needs to continually focus on God's goodness. Here's our conversation with Cody Carnes. I want to dive in first to uh, good can't be anything else. Where yeah. did that song come from? Like, why did you start with that song? Yeah. Um, I started with that song because it just felt special from the beginning. Like when we were in the studio, those 10 days, uh, this song we actually worked on late at night. It was one of the nights that we went, we started this song about 10 PM, I think. And we went till about two or three in the morning and, um, you know, and there was just something really special about that night that we, we got into this song and just literally from the first downbeat, 
and playing this song, it just felt like, man, there's something so special on this, you know? And I think um, it, it also became a, a theme of the album. The album is called God is Good. And so, you know, there's a lot of songs on the album with good in the title. That's unintentional. I didn't mean to do that. When I put all the songs together, I realized there was a theme there. And so that's really where the album title came from. But but really, it also is like the theme of the album that um, God is good. He can't be anything else. You know, uh, good is not just a characteristic of who God is, but it is actually the very essence, the very nature of who he is. And um, and so it's impossible to, for him to be anything else because it, it's good is who he is. You know, it is what he is. And so. Uh, I, and I just felt like that was such a strong uh, statement that I wanted to make as an artist in this season. You know, I think um, from what I can see, the goodness of God has come into a lot of question. And is God is who he really says he is? And and is he really good? Or and, and, you know, and all of those are very valid questions and it's okay for us to ask them. Uh, but for me personally, just in my faith journey and just me as an artist, man, I really believe in the goodness of God. I've seen it in my own life. And, and so I wanted to just make a, a bold statement of like, God is good, you know? And um, this song really kind of talks about that. It talks about even in looking in hindsight, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I can look behind me and see just how far I've come. You saved me from the brink of falling, mercy shutting doors before me. Now I see all the good you've done. And, you know, sometimes we can look back in our life and it's so much clearer to see how God was with us every step of the way. And when we're in it, it's kind of hard to see that. Sometimes it's, it, you're kind of unsure. It's, is God in this with me? This doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't understand why this door is shutting or I don't understand why this happened. Um, but looking back, I can see, oh God, I see how you were in it. I see how that shut door was actually you saving me from something, you know? And, and so really it's just declaring, you know, the goodness of God, um, and it's consistent. It's today. It's tomorrow. It always has been. Always will be. And for me, I find a lot of comfort in that. I find a lot of comfort in all these things around me can change, and all these variables of chaos can kind of come about, come at me in all these different ways, and and people can let me down. And but God is consistent. He's good always, and that's where I can kind of like anchor my life to. sure we've all had these moments where we question like the goodness of God and where he is like how do you in that moment like look for the goodness of God yeah I think um you know it really is about what you choose for your perspective to be on a situation and you can look at something you can look at any situation and you can find all the things wrong with it you can look at any situation and you can find the things that to be grateful for and I think it's really just taking on first of all that attitude um, of just gratefulness, that of gratitude, of just realizing, looking at something and being like, oh man, God, thank you that you provided this. Thank you that you, you did this. Thank you that you, thank you that you gave me and my family. Thank you that you, even in the situation that was hard, like, thank you that you were just with me in it. I, I can look back and see that when I was weeping, you were weeping. When I was hurting, you know, you were there right there with me you know, and so I think just looking at looking for the things that God is doing in, in a situation and realizing that, um, you know, I can choose today, whatever I walk into, I can choose to either be really cynical and be 
and find all the things wrong with whatever's happening. Or I can choose to be grateful for what I do have. I can choose to be grateful for the moments and the situations um, and find something to be grateful for in it, you know? And so it's really just making that choice, I think, in those scenarios and, and, and choosing to see the good in something and choosing to see God in something, um, you know, uh, is, is how I, is how just be personally how I navigate, uh, those times. I feel like what you're talking about is something that a lot of people experience where they write a song or they write a story or something and they feel like they should share it with the world, but they just like that fear creeps in and they don't want to share it. So like, what would you say to someone who feels strongly about a message, but just feels like they can't share it either? Yeah. I think sometimes that happens to me and it's, it's, it's usually one of two things, either the message I'm sharing isn't super clear yet. Like I feel, I feel nervous to share it because maybe it's not articulated the right way. And that's when a community of people can really help you. I had a song that, that it was a pretty bold statement that I was making. And I remember showing it to another songwriting friend, a really respected. And, you know, he said, he goes, I feel like what you're trying to say is this. And I feel like if you said it with, if you said it this different way, it would actually be received a lot better. And I'm so glad that he said that because it changed my whole perspective of it. And I ended up writing a different song that kind of said the same thing I wanted to say, but it was from a whole different perspective. And it really, and I released that actual, that song, you know? And so, you know, I think sometimes it can be that. Otherwise, if you feel like it's, it's what you, it's how you want to say it. Other people have affirmed that, you know, I think it's just being willing to be vulnerable and vulnerability, I think is a strength. I think it's something that actually, it opens up people's hearts, you know? And so, um, when they can see you being vulnerable, it, it allows them to be vulnerable. And especially in worship music, like vulnerability has to happen before God to experience it. You you have to recognize that you need God. You have to open up your heart to God. God just, just doesn't barge into your life. He doesn't just barge into your heart. He, he, he wants to be invited. We all have free will to choose if we invite God in or not, you know? And so I think that vulnerability actually can really help people. Um, just open up their heart to realize they can be vulnerable, that it's okay, that it's safe, you know? Um, and so I get excited for the vulnerable songs, really, um, because I, I recognize that they can really help people encounter God. That was Cody Kearns. Make sure to check out his new album, God is Good. It just dropped recently. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. You're listening to Echo Smith. The song is Gelato sounds delicious all right it's time for your feedback so if you listened to last week's show we asked one question of the week and emily downtown emily brown made an executive decision 
to on social media ask a different question of the week. So actually, what we're going to do is pivot toward Emily's question, and it's what's the craziest excuse you or someone you know has used to get out of work for the day? I was not asking for myself. I feel like I should clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just yeah, you need some new excuses. All right, what's the crazy excuse you or someone you know has used to get out of work for the day? Here are some of our favorite replies. Yeah, so David Renault says, not for work, but I had a Sunday morning volunteer call out because she had to take her son to work. He had to be there at three and service began at 11. Maybe he lived, maybe he lived, maybe he works three hours away. You know, who knows? Tom Constance is clearly a business owner. This is funny. He said, an employee's boyfriend left her, took off to another state took both cars and all the money. She was going to chase after him and we never saw her again. I'd watch that movie. That's I was like, hey, how did he take both cars? So that's not calling into work. That Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah there's a couple holes in this. So one of them was on a trailer. And two, that's not that's not calling into work. That's just quitting. <laughs> like, that's just never showing up yeah. again. Like, that's an Enneagram 9 yeah. trying to avoid that's conflict. Doesn't want to have the awkward <laughs> conversation of resigning. She just said an excuse to get off for the day. Never came back. That's it. Jason, Jason said this. He said, my, my brother said he had an eye problem. He couldn't see himself going to work. Jason, if I was your boss, you'd be fired for that. You'd be fired you, right back. You Pack cannot up your call things, out with a pun. Out. That's not, that's, yeah. No pun. I mean, I kind of liked the pun personally. I think it's but, awesome. Okay, that was me. <laughs> um, I liked Kristen's. At a previous job, there was an often repeated story about someone calling out of work by emailing the whole office that their pet hedgehog was sick. The story was given as an example of why you didn't have to explain why you were calling out what of work. What if the hedgehog was really fast and, you know, it saves the world? So, what oh. if a hedgehog was Sonic? You right. never know. That's I think that's a valid excuse. Yeah. Can't just let Sonic the Hedgehog get sick. You never know. You might be working with Sonic's parent. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, Guardian? Exactly. You just I, I mean she's very important. <laughs> Brandon Barnes said he had a coworker call out because he got shot with a BB gun and it got lodged in his butt cheek. Dang. <laughs> Why does that preclude you from working? Can't like, sit down in his office chair. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, I don't, I don't want to go to work after getting shot with a BB gun and a, a butt cheek. My butt cheek got BBs no. in it. I don't want to um, do anything. I, if I'm the boss, I said, "Look, it's not my problem." Okay, yeah. I, you know, you're sitting on a be. little like metal pebble all day long. You Here's can't work like that. Here, Here's the thing. I, I got a lot of questions because <laughs> I, I've, I'm someone listeners probably won't find this surprising. Have played with a lot of BB guns in my day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> in order what? for them to get lodged <laughs> under the skin, it has to be a bare skin strike. It's not going to go through pants, right? Right, right. <laughs> so you tell me. So you tell me how it ended up there. Yeah, that's true. Okay? It couldn't even get through underwear. I mean, it doesn't go through fabric and skin. No, it's, it has it's to be skin a direct first. skin strike. Hey, look, we don't ask questions. No, I know what it was. What he was mooning his buddy to mock him. Mm. And his buddy popped him. His buddy pulled out a BB it, gun. Again, I would say, listen, if you were moving. So he's Antonio Brown. I would call, if I was the head of HR at that company, I'd say, listen. Uh, yeah, Antonio Brown. <laughs> uh, in Dubai, just wilding out. If I was his boss, I would say this. I would say, I've, I've been thinking about this all morning. And it seems like the only way this could have happened is that you were mooning someone yeah. and, and, uh, that was retaliatory and you deserved it. You deserved and you can it. either so, come in or you can leave because I don't want mooners on my staff. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be, it's going to be a pain at TSA metal detectors. 
you have to explain that you have a BB in your butt cheek. But, <laughs> no, you know. because they're going to, the, the, the TSA people are going to do the same thing. They're going to be think through this and be like, oh, he's a mooner. He's probably going to cause problems on the flight. Flag him, flag him, get him. <laughs> he's on a no-fly list. You can never he's fly again. He's on a no-fly list. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because we don't want, we got enough problems flying right now. Last thing we need is send a bunch of mooners up there. Okay? <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I, 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 have, I have never in my life had the impulse that I should bear, show you my rear end as a, like, a mooning makes no where, sense where, to I me. I was trying to figure out where that came from. Like, who came up with that one? A 10-year-old boy, probably. Makes sense. I, I got a 10-year-old boy. It makes sense. <laughs> okay. That's true. Yeah. Right. yeah, but but was it a common thing, to, like, at any point? Like, out in the wild? Like, instead of, like, flipping someone the bird in traffic, just a full moon <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's it's a much less aggressive, but much more disturbing. I feel, like, I if feel someone, like the person that's mooning is the one that's really. You, it's like you kind of played yourself because, like, right like every time you see it, it's like, why? Like, it's like, dude, yeah. what is this? This yeah, is I'm not. This is not communicating you. what you think it's right. communicating. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? This is not shaming me. It's communicating You're shaming that you yourself need to go to the gym and work on your glutes. It's what it's communicating <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah, you. The mooner really loses in all sense, right. and and they might and take a the, BB to the. And they're on the no-fly list. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, there, that'll do it for your feedback. Uh, Welcome, uh, Cody Carnes. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go read the more. There's more at uh, on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Sometimes when I think we're like a thousand of these in, there's we've covered every topic. I was not expecting a, 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 an extended 15 minute conversation <laughs> about mooning and its lack of effectiveness as an as a means of insulting someone. But here we are. <laughs> Hey, that's true. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, well, we were just talking about the BB, and it got us thinking about injuries and scars. So we want to know your weirdest, craziest scar story. Everybody has one. It's that random thing. I have a V on my finger from when I was trying to whittle a bamboo reed into a fishing pole with a machete and the machete slipped and went cut my finger to the bone what um, <laughs> this is the sort of stuff i did growing up were you marooned were you marooned on an island <laughs> no I, the, the woods the swamp around our house had bamboo and i was out there with a machete because you would like cut vines and swing on it like tarzan and then like if you picked up a log and there was a snake you'd have to chop it up real quick because it might be a coral snake and so you always had a machete on you and i came across a bamboo thicket and i was like oh i can make a fishing pole and so i just was out there trying to whittle a fishing pole i was 10 leave me alone don't give 10 year olds machetes is the lesson here that is um, the lesson <laughs> that, that is yeah. the lesson that's a good lesson yeah um so we want to know your best scar story hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast and we'll post it on ig as well uh we'll read our favorites next week hey man side note florida is different like bro, this yeah. man was just walking around the woods with a machete <laughs> dude i lit yeah. my woods on fire i lit i lit Oh man, I, yeah, I was toy, toy stores in Florida, like you know, you know, a, a lot of parts of the country, it's like it was like Ninja Turtles and Barbies yeah. and Nerf guns. There, it was gas canisters, machetes, just good wholesome children's stuff. I oh. I wanted to reenact a special effect from Lethal Weapon Two, where like the opening credit is the slow burn of the letters, Slade. It's right? Like Slade. And so I, in my driveway, took a gas can and spelled out my name real big, and then went and to light it. What I didn't realize 
realize is that you have a long that name. the gas was yeah. dri- dripped all the way to the can, and so I lit on the other end of the driveway to see to see if it would do the cool lethal weapon thing. Of course, it doesn't. It just goes. Phew. And it went all the way to the gas can, exploding the gas can. So flame flies all over the woods, and I lit the woods on fire. So yeah, I was twelve. I was home alone. So that's you the, know, that's also the origin story for Darren Slade. You know, he survived a horrific burning as a child, only while trying to write his name in fire. And the- yeah, that's the origins. Yeah. That's how Michael Scott was going, wanting to propose. Remember, uh, yeah. he was out there, and yeah. Pam stopped him. This is, this is, I identified with that. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Cody Carnes for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new album, God Is Good. It's out now. Also, make sure to check out the fall issue of Relevant. Uh, we have features with MIA telling her incredible conversion story. We talked to one of our legends in the faith, N.T. Wright. We talked to Sterling K. Brown, Regina Hall, uh, Dayglow, so much more. I think you'll like it. Speaking of liking it, if you uh, like this show, tell people. Leave us a review and rate it wherever you listen post it online, retweet the new episode, tell your friends. Um, we appreciate the feedback. We love seeing the comments and uh, you know it helps the show reach new people. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com Hope you got a puzzle drawer. Otherwise, buy a Tesla. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.